it is time for, I think, my favorite episode of every single year. It's the episode where I break down all of my revenue streams. I talk about how they performed, what went well, what didn't go so well, how you can replicate these results, and what I'm planning to do for the year ahead. I'm going to put a couple of disclaimers up on the screen and down in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast platforms, mostly just about how I'm not a mathematician. The year isn't over yet. I'm recording this at the very end of November 2022. So there's still some fluctuations that may happen. And also, of course, just that I'm not bragging. Um, that's not the intention of these episodes. It's really to show you what's possible and, you know, just to kind of learn from one another. I'm a forever student just like you, hopefully. Okay, so the first revenue stream, we're going to go smallest to largest. The first revenue stream I'm going to talk about is coaching. Now, in the last episode, last year's episode, I talked about how I got kind of burnt out on one-on-one -on -one coaching. And that's true. I really wanted to take a break from it. It was just a lot. I love doing it. And I think because I love doing it, I end up putting like so much of myself into it that it becomes, it, it really kind of takes over. So I only worked with one client this year and I loved working with that client. It was fun. And I think that's how I want to keep it is just if the stars align, if I really feel like I can be of service to somebody and they ask about it, they want it. Cool. I'll open myself up to it if I have the availability in my schedule. But yeah, I definitely don't want to be like selling coaching packages and making that my whole business anymore. It's not for the faint of heart, in my opinion. It's not for the introverted at heart. And um, yeah, it's just I, it's hard. So coaching was 0.5% of my revenue this year. Last year, it was 4%. So I cut down a lot and uh, it is what it is. The next revenue stream is kind of a different style of coaching. It's not one-on-one, -on -one, but I would consider it one-to-many coaching and it is the Freelance Friday Club. So the Freelance Friday Club is my membership group. We have different events throughout the month. We do two masterminds a month. We're starting up a weekly video co-working session. I'm also starting back up uh, like classes, like live lectures once a month. I'll bring in guest lectures sometime. And then there's also a library of lectures from years, months, days past that users get access to. So it's really fun. I really love it. Again, I put a lot of my heart and soul into it but it is not a huge money maker for me. It makes up 2.3% of my total revenue. Um, last year though, I think this was honestly less than 1%. And I did do some changes this year to the Freelance Friday Club. I mentioned in the last year's episode that I was actually shutting it down. Like I was leaving it open for current members, but I wouldn't be selling it anymore. I, I, I wasn't letting new people in. And you know, I think I actually needed that time to like sit and think, what do I really want to do with this group? And also reassess the value. What I was noticing is a lot of people would sign up whenever I would talk about it. You know, it's kind of like a no brainer. Of course, I want to sign up. And then they would drop, you know, they would churn after like one month. And it was really affecting the quality of the group because when you're in mastermind calls, when you are talking with each other in a group forum every day, you want to be around people that you know and that you can trust and that you can be vulnerable around. And when you just kind of have random people popping in every month and then dropping and, 
you know, it wasn't really a good experience for me or for my my students, most importantly. And so what I did is I actually set a flat fee. You can only enroll at an annual rate now. So I'm going to continue that for this year, but I actually think I'm going to do something a little different too, where I'm going to open and close the doors. So it's open right now. If anyone wants to join, you can lock in the 2022 annual rate until January, 2023. In January, I'm going to raise the rate a little bit because I'm actually going to be introducing some new services in there, like the ability to book some one-on-one calls with me as part of your membership. And like I said, bringing in guests and live lectures back to the group. So I'm going to raise the rate for it. And we're only going to keep that open, you know, a month at a time and then close it for a few months because I think it's going to help with churn. I think it's going to help with getting people, you know, to actually sign up. So many people are like, oh yeah, it's always there. I'll just sign up when I think about it. I'll sign up when I need it. You know, so this will add a little bit of sense of urgency to it. So that is my plan because I really do put a lot of time and effort into the Freelance Friday Club, but it just isn't, it, it, the math isn't mathing. So I got to work on that. Next revenue stream is affiliate income. So affiliate income made up about 5% of my total revenue. And what affiliate income is, is it's, you know, if I recommend you a link, if I recommend you a service, a tool, something like that, that I'm affiliated with, then I get a small percentage of that sale. Now it doesn't cost any extra to the, the consumer. It is something that the vendors, that the companies pay for. So I am just basically being compensated for referring you. So there's a few companies that I would say are the biggest, make up the biggest um, amount of this revenue. HoneyBook is one and part of their educator program. Flowdesk, I do have a link. Amazon, if I link like a camera lens or a tripod or something like that, I can make a little bit. Now, Amazon gives you like pennies, but over time throughout the year, I mean, it does make up a little bit. So, I mean, I do think that there are ways that I can probably do this a little more um, strategically, like maybe integrating an affiliate link into my newsletter every week and just kind of making that like a checklist item or making sure that I'm linking things in the description box of my videos a little bit more, you know, but I'm not trying to be like an affiliate link pusher by any means. So it just kind of comes up when, when it feels natural, when somebody asks me for a recommendation, if I have one, I'll send it. Boom. It is what it is. It's nice to have. It's a nice little like cushion and additional revenue stream. Oh, in previous year, I don't know what it was last year. I didn't, I, I watched my video and I don't think I said, so I don't know. I would assume it was around the same. Okay. Um, client work. So this one is down like in half from last year in terms of percentage of revenue. About 7.5% of my total revenue came from client work, which is wild. It looks like such a small number when I when I put the percentage on it. Now, I it was pretty consistent in terms of dollars of how much I've made for the last year and really even like the year before. So it's not like I was taking on way less client work. It was just that I made a lot more in other areas. So that's why that number is quite a bit different. I've really only worked with two like long-term kind of full service where I'm sending over deliverables every week where I'm, you know, a part of the team. I only work with about two clients and have really for the past two years that I'm pretty much all in on, you know, like it's a big, a big amount of my time. 
So that's what that is. And then there's also little bits in there, like for instance, included in that is any other work that I do for hire, meaning anything that I record and give, you know, a client can use it for whatever, like my LinkedIn learning course that's going to be out in January, some partnership stuff that I'll be doing that I'll talk to you all about very soon is included in that. So yeah, that's um, wild. The previous year it was 14.5%. This year it was 7.5% of revenue. Next up is YouTube AdSense. So as you may or may not know, YouTube does pay creators a small amount of the money that they receive for advertisers. So if you got an ad for, I don't know, monday.com before you watch this video on YouTube, I get a cut of that, of whatever Monday paid YouTube. So that was, oh my gosh, it was like the same. 12% of revenue this year, 12% of revenue last year. So that's not a number I can really control. I mean, I wish I could, I wish I could make it more. Uh, the only thing that you can really do to impact that number is maybe post more videos, get more views on your videos. You can also add more ads on your videos. I never do that because I I always look at it like I want you all to have the best experience watching my videos. And if I put a ton of ads throughout the video, I know people are going to watch less. So anyway, there's not much I can do to control that number, but I'm happy with it. It is um, nice to be able to get paid a little bit from YouTube. Next up is brand deals. So brand deals, um, sponsorships, you know, it's money that I accept from a brand to recommend their product. That was about 13% of total revenue for the year. And last year, that number was only 8.5%. So I did increase the revenue that I received from sponsors this year, which I'm really happy about because that was a goal for me. That was definitely a goal for me. I knew that, you know, I'm posting so much content. I listen to podcasts all the time and they have like five sponsors per episode and I don't do barely any and while that is something that I am proud of to some extent in that, you know, I am super authentic in my advice and everything, I also feel like it's a lot of unpaid labor, let's be honest. So I did want to increase that number. I love when I see my favorite creators get sponsorships, but I know some people, you know, don't don't love it. The cool thing is I didn't actually take on more sponsorships. I just took on higher value sponsorships, which was interesting. So my rates um, probably like quadrupled in, in some, you know, for some deals. So I've just been doing a better job of explaining my value of partnering with brands that are truly like great fits that I know I can get results for. And so they are willing to pay those premium rates to work with me and also have been long-term clients basically. So like a brand Metricool, I love Metricool. I've worked with them on a few videos this year. Absolutely adore their tool, recommend them all the time for free, but that's like an ongoing partnership. You know, we didn't just work together for one video. We worked together for multiple things like that is really what I'm after. And I do want to continue to grow this number. Again, I think that there is a lot of opportunity when I compare, you know, listenership rates for the Freelance Friday podcast and other podcasts, we're doing pretty good. So thank you all, number one. And yeah, I just feel like there's a missed opportunity, you know? With that said, I of course only want to continue to take on brands that I love. But yeah, I definitely would like to take on a few more sponsorships because it really does enable me to make more videos. I don't know, I know that's maybe a cheesy thing to say, but it really does when I'm not stressed out thinking, 
oh, I should be doing X, Y, Z. I should be sending this email. I should be, you know, meeting with this client. I should be blah, 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 blah. And I can dedicate a day a week to creating content, two days a week to creating content, whatever. I'm able to just do more things, higher quality things, really bring my full self there as well as like upgrade the studio and all that good stuff. So yeah, that's something that we're working on. All right, now the biggest slice of the revenue pie is courses. This was true for last year as well, although it was down a little bit. Dollar amount was up this year, but the percentage of revenue was down. So it was 59% of revenue this year, 61% of revenue last year. So around the same. I gave the speech in the last episode, last year's episode. So if you're here for round two, you're gonna hear it again. People hear online courses and they think passive income. Let me tell you something. And if you watch any of my weekly vlogs, you know that I am not sitting on the beach. I'm not taking vacations all the time. I'm not just laying on the couch. I do have days where I do just lay on the couch, but they're far and few between. Um, courses are, are, are work. Not only do you have to sell the things, which is active, you know, you have to be promoting them on social media. You have to be email marketing. You have to be doing all that stuff. But then teaching them, I also do a lot of live cohort courses. And what that means is a cohort is a group. It's like a group of people, a huddle, a pod of people. And so my biggest course, the Social Media Management Accelerator, we get together um, up to 100 students. Actually, some rounds I've had like 150 students at once. I'm grading assignments. I'm doing live lectures. I'm managing a Slack room or, you know, some other type of community forum. It's it's like teaching semesters at school is what I like to think of it. My dream job, side note, always used to be to be a community college professor. I still kind of want to do that, but I don't want to get a master's degree. So I'm trying to figure that out. But anyway, that's basically what this is like. So I told you about cohort courses. Evergreen courses are those courses that you can buy right now. You can sign up for the social media management toolbox or the social media management roadmap or the brand new TikTok crash course. You can sign up for that right now. You can pay and you can start watching the lessons. I don't need to take you through them. There's no like group component to them. I did want to increase the revenue that I got for those types of courses because it is more passive and because it does allow me to do more things like create more content, work on my book that I'm writing, uh, you know, do all the other things and I don't know, take a break, relax, calm down, those those types of things. So I'm proud to say that 57% of my course revenue, so 57% of that 59% came from cohort courses. So those group courses, 43% came from Evergreen. Now compared to last year, cohort represented 65% and Evergreen was only 35%. So I am proud that I have raised that Evergreen number up a little bit. And the way that I've done this is um, I've improved my email funnels a little bit. I still have work to do. I still wanna do like an Evergreen training that people can download and just like some other things I'm working on it. Continuing to build that email list by posting consistent videos every week, which my email list is always linked down below where you can download a lead magnet and then you get put into my email list. So, you know, just doing activities like that and also just um, rewriting the landing pages. I rewrote the landing page for the video lab, my course about YouTube, but I wanna continue to grow that number. I don't ever wanna not do cohorts because I think they are super valuable. They're just such an immersive, you know, way to learn, to be able to ask me questions on the spot, to be able to get to know each other, make relationships with each other. So I love them, but I don't think it's sustainable for me to do three or four cohorts a year like I did this year. Because basically I looked at the, the 
calendar and I was like, I have been teaching live all year, more or less. Like I haven't had a break from doing a Zoom. <laughs> and I would like at least, you know, a couple months off from live teaching this coming year. So my goal is to do two cohorts of the Social Media Management Accelerator. The first one will be starting in, I think, March. Don't quote me on that. Subject to change, but I think that's the goal. I will leave a link in the show notes and the description box if you want to get on the wait list for that. They are limited seats, so I recommend signing up for the wait list. So you'll be the first to know. You'll be able to secure your spot right away. Uh, and then, you know, throughout the rest of the year, I will focus a little bit more on promoting my evergreen courses. Oh, another thing I did for evergreen stuff was I did webinars this year. I've never really done webinars. Like I've done webinars to launch something and then I just kind of like, okay, that was fun, whatever. But this year I actually was doing a good rhythm of like one a month for a few months. And then I fell off because the holidays happened. I got sick. I started traveling, things like that. But moving forward, I want to do like a um, monthly maybe every other month. I don't know. I got to figure it out, but I need to do some type of webinar because the energy on those, it just makes it really easy to sell. People get to ask any questions about the course. You know, they're not just staring at a landing page wondering, Hmm, is this a good fit for me? They can actually ask you and you can give them a genuine, you know, genuine guidance on the call. So yeah, that's been something that's helped me sell more evergreen as well. Um, there's been a few additional revenue streams that are like so small that are, you know, less than point or 0.6% of revenue, but Instagram reels bonuses, I've made like random $150 checks from them. Like I'll just check my email and they're like, Hey, here's $150 for posting Instagram reels. I don't know how it works. So I wish I could tell you or give you advice on how to monetize. No freaking clue. It's very confusing to me, but I'll take it. Lastly, I wanted to talk a little bit about expenses. I don't think I talked about this last year, but it does cost a lot of money to run a business. I've done a video on what I spend in a week as a business owner. If you want to check that out, I will link that. I also side note, did a video last year about my YouTube income in detail. Let me know in the comments, or if you're listening on Spotify, there's a Q and a feature. Now let me know in there. If you would like me to do that again this year, where I actually break down, you know, dollar by dollar, what I made on YouTube, what I made in sponsorships and things like that, I'm happy to share just to give like a realistic view of a channel my size. But anyway, what I didn't talk about last year was expenses. And that's a big you know, part of running a business because it does cost money to run a business. So labor expenses, AKA people that I hire to help me run the business accounted for 18%. So I did work with somebody who's basically like in an assistant admin type role for the first five months of the year, I think. And she was on a retainer rate that was, you know, um, pretty much like a full-time income. But ever since then, I've only worked with super, super part-time freelancers. And I plan to keep it that way. I don't plan to hire, you know, anyone full-time or in that level of a role. I don't plan to do that again. I just don't think that I needed to. But anyway, my accountant or my bookkeeper rather, they like to see labor expenses to be 20% or lower and mine were 18%. So I'm doing good there. But with that said, I probably shouldn't be hiring, you know, 20 people next year. And I don't plan to operating expenses were 4% of my expenses. Honestly, I don't know what that, <laughs> that is. I think operating expenses are kind of like those expenses that I need to pay to keep the lights on in my business. So website, you know, domain names, hosting fees, uh, you know, my Thinkific membership, you know, just like anything like that was about 4% of my expenses. So, or 4% of revenue, sorry. And then profit 
was 74%. So basically that means what's left over revenue minus expenses is profits. And my bookkeeper likes us to be minimum 60%, but ideal 70%. So I'm beating that a little bit as well. So just wanted to share that as well, because I think it's an important part of the story. Let me know in the comments if you were surprised by any of this. Also, if you want to share your breakdown in the comments, I'm really curious to know, or if you have any goals, like, do you have any plans to introduce new revenue streams to your business in the new year? I'm all ears. I love hearing from you. This is a really fun episode for me to do every year. And it's really eye-opening for me as well. So hope it was helpful. Hope it was enjoyable. And I will talk to you in the next one.